Hello and welcome to The Pactum. Today we're going to be talking about cultic tendencies in evangelicalism. I'm Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes. Mike, ready to talk about cultic tendencies? I'm ready to talk about cultic tendencies today. But first, we have a shout-out today. Oh, We okay, want that fun. to give a Pactum shout-out to Justin, who responded to our Fattyanity episode <laughs> Indeed, with, he a, did. with a cake cover song. Indeed, he did. <laughs> and if anybody's surprised... I have no idea who, who Cake, Cake is, is right? or what the song was, he but Pat a, knew all about it. So He, he did a great job. Can you hear it? I can hear it. How much did you pay for your autographed copy, and how much did you spend on your Carl Lynch jacket? <laughs> <laughs> Justin with the oh, Cake cover. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. Thanks, so, Justin, for linking us so we could see that. That's right. It was good. It made me laugh. I laughed my head off. My wife was laughing so hard. My kids didn't really quite get it, but we were always cake fans. We would always, when we were in the boat, we would listen to cake songs. What so. era, What is what is cake from? I don't, oh, I don't know. Late 90s, early 2000s. I'm not even sure. So. I totally missed the boat. Rock, rock and roll lifestyle is, okay. is the song. So huh. they, they, they did the short skirt, long jacket song. You know that one? Nope. Mike, you need to go home and you need to go the distance. Going the distance at home with cake is what you probably need to do. Okay, I'll go check it but, out. I, I'm willing to give it a try. Some of it's probably PG-13, if not R-rated. I'm shocked that up. nobody has done a Stephen Curtis Chapman cover for us yet. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not shocked. P- please, please. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Man. Well, all right. So, let's let's talk about cultic tendencies because they do seem to be alive and well in evangelicalism. Right. Uh, and we're not above it ourselves. We don't want to be cultic. We obviously don't want to be a part of a cult, but we don't want to be cultic either, and we don't want you to be cultic. We don't want you to be sucked in and start acting like you're part of a cult even though you're not. Right. So, that's what we're talking about today. Right. And Did- the episode's called Will It Cult? Now here we are with more things. Will it cult? Where? Why in the world would we want to do that? It's David Letterman. It's will it float? Will and it I'm float. thinking will it cult? <laughs> will it cult? So back when late night comedy was comedic, comedic, yeah, actually and funny it's not stuff. Not just about politics, right? Uh, yeah, Letterman used to do this thing called will it float, and so I was. I told my wife, I said, we're going to call it will it cult. She laughed her head off, so she's a good kind of litmus for me. There you go. Will but, it cult? Yep, but she did say, now, how can you remember all of, all of this stuff? You can't remember Hebrew words for Hebrew exams. <laughs> but you remember. <laughs> but you can remember pop culture. So the boys and girls, the mind is a terrible thing. It is. That's funny. The proof of the fall. So <laughs> we are doing an episode on cultic tendencies. We can call it Will It Cult because it makes Molly Abendroth happy. There you go. And uh, Well worth it then. Right? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But what we're not talking about today are just cults in general. So we're not doing right. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Moonies, Christian Science, Seventh-day Adventists, and all of those kinds of things. We, we probably could do an episode. We could though, probably sometime. do, yeah, an episode on each of them probably at some point. Yep. So we think not. we're not for cults. We're against cults. We don't want you to be in a cult. There's lots of good resources out there. There are lots of good resources if you need to leave a cult, but we're not going to do that today. We're talking about cultic kinds of tendencies. So warning signs, red flags, things that might look rather cultic. What is a cult anyway, by by the way, Mike? Well, a cult, according to the very truthful and always correct Wikipedia... The Wikiverse. Is, the Wikiverse is a, a cult. Is a, it's a social group that's defined by some uh, unusual religious, spiritual, philosophical beliefs, rituals, 
uh, or some kind of common interest thing. Uh, maybe a particular personality, an object, or a goal. So that's a cult. So if you're part of a cult, these are the kinds of things you're going to see that could you know, describe what you're a part of. I think the operative word is unusual. Yeah, so if we're talking about, some people would say Christianity is a cult, and it was known as such early on. We're not talking about that, but we are talking about unusual things that would relate to so-called Christianity. Right. So is that a good way to put it? I think so, yeah. Unusual things that would... Relate to so-called Christianity. Yeah, cultic kinds of tendencies, things that would be red flags, things that we want to avoid. And I think we should talk about this. It's worth an episode because if you pay attention to certain things that happen in certain churches or certain Christian organizations, you might say, will it cult? And (laughs) indeed it will cult. Right, right. Have you ever watched an episode of Will It Float? I think I have. I'm trying to recall... They'll take like a what? cheese log and see yeah. if it'll float or not, <laughs> or a five-pound you know bag of fertilizer and right. It it's, was it was a shtick. Yeah, and we're entertained by it, right? <laughs> and we like to be serious about serious <laughs> things, but we like to entertain on the pactum uh, as well. So will, will it, it cult? Why do you think people even are drawn toward cultic kinds of things, Mike? I don't. You know, sometimes I wonder if it's people just want something to belong to that could provide some kind of stability or something to, you know, grasp onto in in the midst of their life. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. And sometimes they just want to be biblical. And so if someone speaks loudly and confidently and boldly and they quote Bible verses, it even reminds me of, um, you know, being militant. Uh, I remember my father, he he was a... this is kind of strange. This is my daddy, daddy wound moment. Okay. He thought every, everyone should be in the military because you learn, you know, discipline and how to follow rules and take sure, orders. Yeah, yeah. He never encouraged his sons to do it. So I don't know, or daughters. Um, but anyway, all of that to say, I think militant in the military, they tell you what to do, when to do it, right. what to think, how to think it. Uh, there's a lot of order. Yeah. And that's what my dad liked about the military. And I think that's what some people like about cultic kinds of leaders, cultic kind of organizations. Maybe their life is a mess. Maybe it's in chaos. Maybe they don't know anything about the Bible. So if someone is uh, cultic in their kind of leadership style, uh, they're drawn toward it. Sure, yeah. Source of stability. Yeah, yep. I'm here for some stability. Give me the how-tos. Tell me what to do. Reporting for duty. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And maybe cultic leaders are cultic in their perspective or from their in their actions, maybe because they like power, maybe it's yep, because yeah. that's what was modeled for them, and they think that's like legitimate Christianity. Maybe it's for the money. Maybe it's they're self-deceived. I don't know. Uh, we're just guessing at this point in time. So let's roll out the top right. ten list. We've got a top. We are like a late night show here on this episode. It, it, Will it cult? We got a top ten right? list. It, <laughs> this is amazing. It's the David Letterman hermeneutic. <laughs> Uh, we do have a top 10 list here, and it's what are some common cultic signs or characteristics? That's what we're going to be looking at, talking about, and discussing here on our top 10 list. No particular order on the pactum today. Right. So, so number one do, yes, do, on the top the 10 one. list, claims of new revelation. This is low, low-lying fruit. That is low-lying fruit. Right? We've Will talked about cult? this before. Will it cult? Yes. yes. When people say, God told me, episode 35, right. uh, when people say that, it's cultic. This is why the charism- this is why the charismatic movement is so like it's cultic in its fiber of its very being. When people are claiming new revelation, saying God told me this, God told me that, that's very cultic. We right. we we believe that uh, we have the scriptures, we have the completed canon. We don't need more. We don't have more apostles. People aren't qualified to be apostles anymore because they hadn't seen the risen Christ. So we don't need new revelation. When people say God told me, they're claiming new revelation. It's no 
wonder there are so many cults right. within yeah. kind of charismaticism. And yet it's in existence outside of charismaticism. Yep, yep. People speak this way. Uh, we hope they don't really mean it. But when they mean it, they're claiming new revelation. Yeah. So last time I checked, 30 million copies sold. And that was like in 2015 of Jesus Calling. Oh, wow. Which is claims wow. to new revelation. So uh, culticism is alive and well, even outside of charismaticism. A lot of isms here. Right. Well, yes. <laughs> In evangelicalism, it is alive and well. When someone says, God told me, uh, I don't listen to anything they say, and I want to run the other direction because it is cultic. It might not be Mormonism. It might not be a cult, but it is cultic. Cultic. Yes. Yeah. Be aware, which right. leads us to our second. It does. leads us right into list. that next one. Number two on the top 10 list is manipulation. If God t- yes. tells me things, right. divine revelation, I can manipulate you. Read yes. my lips. I'm going to enunciate. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just a slam dunk. Yeah. God told me that you should do this. God told me that you should do that. Right. right. I can get you to give me your money. I can get you to go to extremes that the Bible never requires. Uh, and on and on it goes. The, 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 the abuse that happens, uh, calling for people to obey, obey you, in other words, because God told you. So it's like obeying God, but that's just a head fake. Right. Crazy, strange allegiances. Uh, when people are really manipulative, saying things like God told me, uh, we want you to say it will cult. Yeah. Yep. There yep. are no prizes uh, for this show <laughs> right. or this game, but it definitely will cult. Yeah. And I think people could do the manipulation tactic too without even the God told me. Oh, that's good. Right. Good so you, you might be weary of that if you notice a lot of uh, expectations beyond what scripture calls us to. Uh, kind of things that are pushed on you that you must do this or I need you to do this and to be a part of this group or this church, uh, you need to do these things. And it's things that you might not elsewise do. Or find in the Bible even. Right, yeah. So things that are pushing you beyond uh, the scope of Scripture. That'd be a manipulation. You want to be wary of that. I think there's going to be a lot of overlap in each of these, or at least in some of them, yeah, because we're rolling right into another tendency, another red, red flag moment. Uh, I think they put red flags up at the beach sometimes when there's a rip riptide or something like that. Last time we were at the beach, there were double reds. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Okay, well, let's do number three, unchecked authority, which might relate to the first two. Right. So when authority is good, let's remember the Bible affirms authority. We have elders who have to meet certain qualifications. They're called to rule. So there's obviously authority there. We're called to obey authorities in the book of Hebrews. We have overseers. So authority is not a bad thing in and of itself, right? No, it's great. But unchecked authority is rather cultic. It is why we have things like plurality of elders in a local congregation. Uh, So one person doesn't have all of the say. There's not this independent, unchecked kind of person wielding their authority. Uh, that's, that's rather cultic. Yeah, it is. But I think sometimes, Mike, um, we can have the right structure and talk about plurality of elders and those things. Mm-hmm. We could probably still have unchecked authority. I think so. If you have the right charismatic leader who's leading even amongst a plurality of leaders and, and elders. You don't mean theologically charismatic. You just No, mean no. It. I just mean just even their charismatic, their personality, uh-huh. uh, who they are, I think that you know they're willing to follow and their authority as the the leader amongst leaders is unchecked and next thing you know you're off the rails on the crazy train <laughs> so this one might be hard to, hard to detect 
Yes, I think so. Right on the face of it, something you have to just kind of keep an eye out for and maybe do a little bit of looking into. Uh, are, are the other leaders just kind of yes people who are sure. willing to do whatever? Yep. This one, this one's a little bit complicated, but we certainly, I mean, we know of examples of, yes, there's a board involved uh, with a certain institution. And yet when a board member says something uh, and bucks the system and says, you know what, this isn't right. Before you know it, that certain board member who was brave and stood up for what's right uh, is conveniently, conveniently no longer a board member. Yeah, right. So unchecked authority is dangerous. We we can even think of someone like in the Bible, like Peter, who was an apostle, and yet his authority was challenged, and he was proven to be wrong, and he uh, must have repented and come. He must have come around because he ends up co- complimenting the apostle Paul, hmm. uh, even post conflict. Right. Yeah. Now, to our listeners, Pactum verse, you may be wondering, uh, how can I? You know, you're talking about this unchecked authority. How can I recognize it? You're saying it's difficult sometimes to see. Uh, maybe some encouragement to you might be to, as you're observing uh, the leaders, maybe in your local church, uh, you can ask good questions and go to them and ask them questions about how uh, leadership works. What are the roles within the leadership? You know, how are decisions made? You can just even being willing to ask those humble questions. I think that's a that's a great uh, just point. Being willing to entertain that with them, so you can maybe find out how things are running, how things work. Yep, I, I would welcome that kind of question. I like it when people ask because I want them to trust, yeah. but not blind trust. Sure, yeah. So you don't have to somehow be this new kind of spiritual police person. <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know what? Ask questions so you're informed, so you're aware. And there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I think typically, commonly, if there's nothing to hide, then people will welcome your questioning. Yeah. Maybe it's not from a questioning spirit or, or a kind of bad uh, attitude, but from a good one. I want people to be aware. I want people to know because we don't want to be cultic. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we want to be distinctly Christian and healthy and moving forward and growing. Yep. I think that's great. So moving into our next one in our top 10 list here, I think, like you said, some of these are overlap. They roll right along together here. Number four uh, is the elevation of personality. That would be a red flag for something cultic. It would be. Now, everybody has a personality. Some people are more interesting than others. Oftentimes leaders have some amount of charismaticism or no one would want to follow them. Right. We see leaders among leaders, even in scripture, but it's not this um, personality cult kind of thing. Celebrity enamored with, wow, can I, can I have your autograph? Blah, 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 blah. Again, I have some autographs, (laughs) not inherently wrong, but we are consumed and enamored with celebrities in our culture and it carries over into the church. Uh, and so we have to be careful that that person, that personality, that individual doesn't become the measure of all things, good, righteous, beautiful, holy, right. Yeah. Yeah. And exceptional. Right. Yeah. But I think we're, we're prone to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, you see it everywhere in churches. Yep. I mean, inevitably it happens. I was at a church for a while where I, if I heard someone say, Regarding the senior pastor, so and so says, so and so says, so and so says. If I heard it one more time, I think I was going to go jump in the Missouri River or something. <laughs> because, and maybe it's easier to catch if you're an outsider, hmm. you yep. know. And so maybe we should try to think sometimes like we're out, like new people, uh, or or new to, new to the church. How are they going to hear us speaking? The pastor says, you know, Pat says, Pat says, Pat says, Pat says, or Mike says, Mike right, says, Mike yeah. says, so and so says. It's like, what kind of personality cult do we have here? Right. Why yeah. aren't we quoting Bible verses? Right. Yeah. 
uh, apostles, Jesus, maybe other good dead theologians. Right, yeah. Yeah, are we more concerned with what the senior pastor or one of the pastors says, does, looks like, talks like, walks like, or are we more concerned with Christ and Scripture? It gets really weird. Yeah. And so we should be paying attention when that personality is the celebrity. Um, there probably is something out of whack, out of out of kilter uh, oh, when sure. it comes to big personality. Yep. And if you think this is not a problem, you haven't been to a big Christian conference. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's... It's sick, man. It I, is. I think every Christian should go to a mega conference and uh, just just watch what happens. I oh, mean, it is insanity sauce. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, you can. Uh, it's wild. I mean, physical. We are called. Near wrestling. We are, we are called. <laughs> right. We are called to esteem leaders. Right. 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 We are to double honor and all those kinds of things. But wow, oh wow, can it look rather cultic. Just imagine again, maybe imagine what it would look like if there were an outsider hmm. uh, who was not part of your group observing what you're doing. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's please, true. Please, please yeah, stop think about that. such silliness. Yeah. Do you think the internet age helps the cultic thing or do you think it hinders that? You know, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I'm super glad that you asked. So on the one on the one hand, and this is just me speculating, but on the one hand, I think the internet age helps maybe um, get people out of cults proper, hmm. right? So if you're sure. involved in Mormonism, there are all kinds of great resources that that can go into depth at helping you see that Mormonism is a cult. Hmm. Yeah. So or Jehovah's Witnesses or it's I think it's a wonderful aid in that sense. Sure. I th- yeah. I think the internet age is hurting the cults proper. Just my guesstimation opinion. But on the other side of it, can you imagine, just think about how this whole personality cult in the oh, internet sure. age, because now with the right editing software, yep. uh, right? And yep. with the right airbrush software, whatever it's called, <laughs> oh, yeah. whether it's changed, <laughs> fixing the audio or p- fixing people's faces. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, these men and women that you look up to as celebrities, man, they, they're perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is true. You, Man, sometimes you see them in real life, you're like, oh. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just saw some, a, a thumbnail popped up on social media the other day and I thought to myself, I know that person. I, I know that person well, and they don't really look like that. <laughs> they don't really look like that. And not only that, I mean, they, they were presented as some sort of social, some kind of influencer. Oh, for real. And I know the person's life. I mean, I know their life is a total shambles. Mm. And yet when you see them on social media, you're like, oh, you know, follow I, I wonder if they're selling any products. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. This Man. personality elevation thing is dangerous it's nutso, is nutso. what it is. Crazy. Yep, it is. How about if it's cultic? Yeah. Will it cult? Well, we talk a lot about biblicism, and uh, we were just asked, as a matter of fact, yesterday through a friend to do a biblicism 2.0. One of the red flags that something might be cultic would be what we call biblicism, or if someone is a biblicist, and basically that means no tradition, no creed, no confession. I just follow the Bible. Yes. Yeah. You and every other cult leader, it seems. so. And we just uh, talked about that with uh, even in our heretic series. We did. Right? I mean, so... Just because someone says, I follow the Bible, doesn't mean it's all good. Yes, and oftentimes people who say, I only follow the Bible, that's why I don't have a creed or a confession or a tradition, um, they're probably cultic. They probably have weird views on certain doctrines because they haven't paid attention to how Christians have agreed to things in the past. Right, yeah. 
it's almost a dead giveaway that they're going to have some kind of cultic tendencies, some weird kind of views, uh, if they claim to be biblicist. Right. Maybe not always, not, not always, know, let's yeah. not do always and never. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just to clarify as well, sometimes outsiders who are not Christians call Christians who are serious about the Bible, biblicists. That's not the label. That's not how we're using the label. Right. Yeah. We're using it as in I'm a confessional, a creedal, uh, a tradition or even anti. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Biblicist cultic. Mike, I'm ready to move to the next one, but okay. since we're halfway done, we are is, halfway is the done. rumor true that there might be some um, Tenebras dark blend coming from the Pactum? There is a rumor, and it is true. Okay. That rumor does float, if I, that's how this works. That's right. <laughs> that rumor the, does float. The it, tenebras, doesn't, it doesn't cult, right, right. but it does float. Yes, the Tenebras dark is coming soon. I am holding some of the uh, the labeling right here in front of me. Pretty yes. cool. Grind fresh beans, follow the laws of brewing, <laughs> and have faith in the process. <laughs> it is going to be delicioso. Yes. I can't wait for it. It's going to be amazing. We'll oh. keep you updated, everyone, on the pa- in the Pactumverse okay. about that roast. Great. Number six on our list is being ingrown. Ingrown. I got questions about that. It what? sounds like ingrown. a toenail. I was like, you got Taylor, ingrown hair. What do we got going yeah, on? Yeah, it sounds here? like a toenail. You know, actually, yesterday I was trying to look up something online and I wanted to Google something about ingrown and it just kept coming no, up toenail, no. fingernail. And then I want, I did, I wanted to be careful because I was thinking about organizations, institutions, um, universities when they become ingrown. Mm. But then I would type in words that I didn't want to type in for fear of what might pop up. Sure, yeah. Like I, my wife was sitting next to me. I'm like, honey, I'm going to type something in. She's like, no, don't do it. Oh, so no. finally she figured it out. I was looking for the word in, inbred. Inbred. Oh, okay. Right? So sometimes when an organization is inbred, gotcha. it means they only hire they, their own. Their own from they within. Only train kind of, yeah. their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was still scared to Google it. Ooh, yeah. But I, I did Google it with my wife's oversight because I wanted accountability. Yes, that's good. Uh, intellectual inbreeding with an N, I-N, inbreeding or academic inbreeding is the practice in academia, not in Christianity, but it relates, of the of a university hiring its own only its own graduates to be professors. Uh-huh. It is generally viewed as insular and unhealthy for academia. Gotcha. So it's your own little think tank, and you get to train everybody that comes next. Yep, and own little echo chamber yeah, think tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only train your own pastors. You can only read his books. You can only learn from one leader. Uh, it probably isn't a good look when that happens. No, that doesn't sound like a good look to And me. we could name examples of this in evangelicalism, in conservative evangelicalism, but we're just not brave enough to do it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Right. Your eyes peeled. Um, it is really easy for organizations, churches, and beyond churches to become ingrown, to become inbred. And it's not healthy in the long run because now all of a sudden nothing is questioned. Uh, you can't learn anything new. Now, that doesn't mean you want to swing the other direction and send off all of your people to be trained in crazy McCrazyville. Right. Yeah. But it's good to have thoughts challenged. Yes, it is. And so we don't want to pride ourselves in being ingrown, but some people <laughs> tend to do it. It's kind of gross. Kind of gross. Yep. Yeah. All right, number seven, moving right along. Seven on our top ten list of Will It Cult? Isolationist. That's a, like, Isolation is a great song by Joy Division. Who's 
Never mind. Uh-huh. Isolationist. We need like a, a little um, button you push every time we mention some kind of song that you don't understand or you mention a song that I don't understand. Uh, well, that's all we would do is push the button nearly every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Isolation. Isolation is a great song by Joy Division, but you have to sh- hide the sharp objects gotcha. if you're to listen to okay. it. But to be isolationist, what, what does that even mean, Mike? If it's cultic, what does it mean to be isolationist? You're going to stay away from all the regular, ordinary relationships, family relationships, uh, time with church members. It's it's all going to be... It's the kind of stuff that happens in cults, right? Now, all of a sudden, your only friends can be your church friends or your little group friends. Right. You can't hang yes. out with your family yes. anymore. You can't ha- hang out with your old friends. Um, it just ends up being a control kind of thing. Right. You have yep. to isolate. These are your people. Stay here. Stay amongst the people in your new community. There you go. Now, I think there could be... Obvi- it seems like there is an ounce of truth in all of this poison. Sure, yeah. Because if you're hanging out with the wrong kind of people who are doing horrific, sinful things, it might be good for you to separate yourself to a degree, sure. or at least for a time, sure. yeah, yeah. so that you can get healthy again, yeah. spiritually speaking. Yeah, yeah. But what ends up happening in cultic kind of groups is, well, that, that ounce of truth in the poison becomes what takes over everything. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we isolate Bible verses like bad company corrupts good morals, and we pretend like First yeah. Corinthians 15 is like the only verse, verse 33 is the only verse, it's like your life verse. Right. It's my life. <laughs> so bad company corrupts good morals. So anyway, never mind the fact that we read the Bible in context. There's nuance because in First Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul talks about if you were going to avoid all unbelievers, you'd have to leave, leave the world. Yeah, you would. So it calls for thoughtfulness, but cultic groups don't think much and they just have one verse. They don't think of the other verse so as to bring balance. Yeah. So you don't love the world. Uh, that's what James chapter four says, verse four. Uh, if you're, or if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. Never mind the fact that Jesus is called the friend of sinners in Luke chapter seven. Right. Yeah. As we like to say so often, two things can be true at once in different ways. Yes. And yeah. we have to teach Christians balance and wisdom and how to be able to do both of these things. Uh, but with cultic behavior, you isolate, isolate, isolate. Now you can't have any of those friends, questionable family relationships. But in authentic, biblical, wise, balanced Christianity, both can be true with care and concern uh, at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep roll. We keep saying keep rolling along. Rolling, rolling, yeah. rolling. Well, let's keep going here. Number keep those eight. Those doggies rolling. <laughs> Number eight is legalistic. Mike, why don't you tell us about how to be a legalist? I can tell you how to be a legalist. I did a seminar one time at a conference on how to raise a legalist. Oh, really? It That's was counterintuitive. It was kind of helpful, I thought, at least at the time. That's when I, I met Vineet Sasan. Oh, for real? Yep. Very cool. In India. Okay, yeah. so legalism. You're going to find this in cultic kind of groups. They're going to be legalistic. It's extra biblical requirements, extra biblical standards. They're going to say things like, well, you know, we're Christians. Yeah. We live by a higher standard, a higher standard yeah. and we, we like to say higher than Jesus. Oh, right. oh, maybe that's not very helpful. So, And what is it with food? What is it with cults and food? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like always... a no, it's this kind of diet or going without that kind of food. It's total confusion sauce, yeah. but yeah. They, they love themselves some diets. They love themselves some food. <laughs> and it's probably all just, here's the favorite thing that the uh, cult personality guy loves to eat. And so he said, that's what you all have to eat. Yep. You Remember know? the weighed down diet? The weighed down diet? Yeah. I don't know that uh, one. Shamblin? Was it oh, Gwen Shamblin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think she was weighed down diet. Was it the weighed down workshop? Weighed down workshop. Or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch some documentaries on that lady. <laughs> Woo! 
crazy McCrazy sauce. Otherwise, they want to talk to you about your dress. And again, the Bible talks, there's an ounce of truth in all of this poison. Yep, yeah. uh, we're called to be modest and things like that in principle. Uh, but to actually create the rules, uh, typically not a very good look when it comes to, it's, it's rather cultic. Right, yeah. So preference becomes mandate. Uh, remember, Galatians is really, really, really big on what, Mike? Freedom. Yeah, freedom is a, such a big deal in biblical Christianity. It's one of the reasons why we had a Protestant Reformation. Right. And so read the book of Galatians and realize freedom really is a big deal. It shouldn't lead to license. Um, but when people encroach upon your Christian freedom, yeah. uh, the book of Galatians goes after them. Yes. So freedom is a big deal. Legalism is also a big deal in a bad sense. Right. Uh, if, if you sense legalism, it's, it's time to probably pound sand. Yeah, right yeah I think so. it's probably time to pound whatever. If you go to a church by the beach, um, it's time to <laughs> it's time to pound sand <laughs> and get the world out of there. Legalism yeah. is one of my very worst things. Yes. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean we're calling you to be antinomian, which is number nine number on nine, our top yeah, ten list. Right. We're not saying flip that coin to antinomianism. The law is good, righteous, right. and holy. God wants us to do certain things. God wants us to obey. Uh, so. Antinomianism isn't good, but antinomianism sometimes, just like legalism, is a big deal in cultic groups. Other times, antinomianism is a big thing in cultic groups. Right, yeah. So we've seen people say, well, you know, God told me right. uh, yeah. that now all of a sudden polygamy is true, or yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can do all kinds of other naughty things. Right. <laughs> First time we've ever said naughty on the pactum. Naughty. Yeah. I think it needs to be a, a thing on the pactum, <laughs> or, no, or not a thing. <laughs> no. So another way we end up seeing antinomianism, anti-law, no law, is uh, in cultic kinds of groups would be when a leader or a significant person or the leader is caught in some kind of sin, mm, some kind yeah. of lawlessness. Right. And then we say, well, yeah, but th this, we're talking about so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so normally the person should be disqualified clearly based upon what the Bible says, but we're going to make a special occasion because after all, it's so-and-so. Right, yeah. And so they somehow get a free pass. Well, that's called antinomianism. The Bible says show no partiality even for those who are in positions of leadership. I believe that's in First Timothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we should be paying attention to that. We we should do an episode on antinomianism. Yeah, we sometime. haven't done one before on antinomianism. We've talked about it. We've been called antinomians. Sure. Yeah. I, I like being called an antinomian as long as I really am not, not one. Yeah, yes. Right? Yeah. Remember, people called the Apostle Paul, or they at least brought up the question about antinomianism because he was so clear on justification by grace alone through faith alone on account of the finished work of Christ alone. And so it's anticipated in Romans 6. Yes, so yeah. I want people to bring up the question. I just don't want to really be one right. because we are called to love God and love our neighbor, which is the essence of the law. We should be for doing such things. Right. Yep. Okay, now let's talk about the opposite of antinomian. Right. Yes, neonomian, the opposite. Neo. Now here Neo we are in matri new. matrix land again. Yes. I think that was what you said in one I, of our episodes. I did, yep. So now we're talking about neonomianism, which would be now we have a new kind of law. And this is a big deal, in my opinion, when it comes to cultic kinds of tendencies. In fact, Mike, I think it's one of the bigger issues hmm. uh, yeah. in cultic kinds of groups in evangelicalism in the 21st century. They tend to be rather neonomian. 
they they blur law and gospel, which is a, a big no-no. Right. Uh, and yeah. something we're big about talking about and warning against on the pactum. Law is what God requires. Gospel is what God graciously provides. And neonomians end up blurring these things. And uh, somehow it's an undermining and it's a denying of sola fide, justification by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone. And given the fact that such things are under the anathema of Galatians 1, 8, and 9, it's a problem. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Pat, I think, I think this definitely shows up in uh, cultic preaching. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Give me, give me like an example of cultic preaching in evangelicalism. Well, I mean, you have a lot of people that are, you know, preaching and saying this is biblical preaching or expository preaching, so-called, right? Okay, yeah. And it's cultic because uh, they're up there saying, uh, these are the things now that you must do. To, uh, to be finally to, justified. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's a huge problem. So just because they say it's expository preaching, just because it's verse by verse, doesn't mean it's not cultic. In right. fact, I think it's a great place for cultic leaders to hide, mm. whether they realize it or not, whether maybe they're deceived themselves. Sure, yeah. But man, the Bible has a lot of commands yep. and a lot of promises. Yep, yep. And you start blurring those things and you say, what, this Greek word and that Greek word? Right. Well, Greek words are fine and good, and so are Hebrew Words. But at the same time, what ends up happening is when people don't see the forest, they only see the trees, mm-hmm. you can lose sight of the big picture. And all of a sudden, even preaching, even so-called expository preaching ends up being neonomian. And now we say silly things like you'd better do enough good works to be finally justified mm-hmm. or something like that. It's, it's pound of flesh preaching. It's not Christian preaching. Uh, dear listeners, please be clear in your mind what God requires. Please be clear in your mind what God graciously provides. Please be clear in your mind that God justifies the ungodly, hmm. not the godly, right. the ungodly. So it happens at the beginning when you believe in Jesus, because we don't want you to be neonomian and we don't want you to be misled by neonomianism right. uh, because you're not going to have assurance and you're not going to have a proper and right and wonderful view of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ and his finished work on your behalf. Right. So we have to have this stuff straightened out and sorted out. Right. Well, that wraps up our top 10 list. Wait, of, I, wait, but, but let's add, let's, let's do a bonus. But wait, My, there's more. But wait, there's, there's more. more. Let's do a bonus one. <laughs> um, let's do a bonus one. And then let's take at least a few minutes and talk about some safeguards. All right, let's do it. Yeah, because people have been complaining that the episodes are not... Um, Long enough. Okay, we're going to extend this one out. This is the extended Pactum top 10, 11 list plus a few minutes. <laughs> there, there you go. So let's do a bonus. It might be number 11. This is number 11. Let's yep. let's call it nepotism. Nepotism. It sounds like a bad thing. Yep. I thought of this one earlier when we were in the earlier ones talking about ingrown. But yes, that's nepo- good. Nepotism. We could, have, sure. we could have snuck it in there and still done a top 10 Potentially. list. Potentially. So nepotism. What is nepotism? It's the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. So you've got pastors, you've got church leaders giving jobs. And who are their relatives? Their families who are they related friends. to? Yeah. Right. It's so it's really frowned upon in the corporate world. Yep. And oftentimes there are specific guidelines, there are specific rules set out so as to guard against it or even the appearance of it. Right. Which seems wise. Yep. Um, 
you know, in that sense, it's a meritocracy. People who actually um, are qualified for the job should get the job. Right. And I, I don't think the church is that much different or Christian organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible does have qualifications for right. pastors, for example. They're rather objective. And yet sometimes it's because it's a junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because of the blood. Yep. And we don't mean the blood of Jesus. Right, right, right. <laughs> or something like that, that there's special favoritism that's shown. And uh, that's not that's not really ethical. It's not really a good idea. It's not a good look. Right, yeah. We've seen some kind of gross example examples of that over the years, even as local church elders here at Omaha Bible Church, where we are, to the point where literally the elders have said, uh, if any of our children uh, seem to be gifted and called to ministry, how about if we agree now that surely the Lord will provide another place for them? Hmm. Because if they truly are gifted and able, um, they don't need to be here where at, at at best it will appear to be nepotism. Sure, yeah. So I think that probably is a good providence. Yeah. Uh, and so watch out for when it's the, the, the son, the heir, a parent, or whatever mm-hmm. like that. It might be kind of cultic. Yeah, um, yeah. It's always interesting if you're looking at a church on their website, you see their staff or leaders listed, and if last names match, you're always like, ooh, hmm, what's going on? And you know what? Maybe there's nothing, maybe it's not a problem. Right, yeah. But what ends up happening is it gives the appearance of such things, and uh, again, not always and never, Right. but it could be a problem. It could be. It really could be. All right, so just at least have your... Spidey senses Have up. those spidey senses up, ready to... <laughs> Sanctified spidey senses. <laughs> Sanctified spidey senses. Which brings us to our safeguards. It does. So we have a few safeguards here right. that we should maybe consider. Yep. Uh, the first safeguard would be the obvious one, listeners, right. uh, and that is to know the Bible. Yes. Know the Bible. Don't only know Bible words, uh, verses out of context. Know the Bible. We're probably at a place right now, at least in my opinion, where we maybe know the trees too well if we know anything mm. well. And so we need to focus maybe on the forest a little bit more. Right, yeah. So we're talking about those isolated verses, those things you hone in on too much yep. to the effect where you miss the bigger picture. Yeah, so yeah. both are true, both are good and important, Yeah. but maybe we need to maybe not overcorrect. So let's, big picture, what is the Bible communicating? What is this book of the Bible communicating? If you know the Bible, you know the genuine article, right. as people like to say, it will help you to spot the counterfeits. Yeah. And so really, that's that's the main one. We don't want to be in a cult. We don't want to be cultic ourselves. We don't want to be involved in supporting cultic groups. Uh, and so it starts by knowing the scripture, being good, discerning Bereans, if you will. Maybe mm-hmm. another safeguard, Mike? Yeah, uh, would be to know what the church has believed about what the Bible teaches or about the Bible's doctrines. So here we're talking about confessions. What have Christians for hundreds of years agreed that the Bible teaches about X, Y, or X, Z. X, Y, or Z. Yeah, yes. what's, what's, what has been the consensus? Right. What have we confessed? What have we, what have we agreed to? Yeah. Uh, that's important that we're aware of these things. That, mean, that, that does mean we're aware of historical theology right. yeah, yeah. and what the church has agreed to. That, we would really serve ourselves and serve the church well or better if we were aware. It's a good safeguard. You can say, oh, uh, the, the names have changed and the faces have changed, but I know what that is. Right. That's Sabellianism. Yeah, yeah. That's Pelagianism or something like that. And we should avoid that. Uh, those guys used Bible verses. We're using Bible verses. But maybe if we looked at other Bible verses, we would come to different conclusions right, yeah. and we wouldn't be so Aryan in our perspective right. or whatever kind of ism or spasm or schism or (laughs) chism or something like that. (laughs) Another safeguard would be just to be wise. Mm, Yeah. 
let's let's be wise. Let's pretend like we weren't born yesterday because we weren't born yesterday. Right. Yep. And Proverbs calls us to wisdom, and so be be, be wise. Pay attention. Study. Pay attention. Watch documentaries about cults. Yeah. Uh, pay attention to different cultic groups and how they've been exposed or busted or found out, and you're going to say, oh. Hmm. They have things in common. Yeah, yep. There are red flags. There yeah. are characteristics. Yeah. And uh, in so many ways, I think you should um, not always, but trust your gut. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you're well-informed and you have observed and observed things clearly, maybe your gut is, and what we mean is your intuition, your right. sense yeah. of right yeah. and wrong. Um, it's, it's Sometimes it is wrong and it can be wrong. But for me, it seems like nine times out of 10, I thought it seemed pretty weird that that guy wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I thought, well, it was just me being oversensitive only to find out later, you know what? The guy was a kook. Yep. And uh, (laughs) it seemed wrong because it was was, wrong. Yeah, right. So we need to be wise. This is probably not something uh, that is easy for everyone. Uh, People, you know, are from broken homes, maybe parents that didn't help them think through right and wrong or being wise or unwise. So maybe we need to help people learn wisdom. People right, are yeah. maybe gullible. Um, so we, we could do better by paying attention to common sense, wise kinds of things, I think. Right. Yeah. A final safeguard uh, would be to spend time with famous people. You should spend time with famous people, and that (laughs) will help you to know, will it cult? Will it cult? Spend time with famous people. And I (laughs) I think this is actually important. You know, there's that advice that says, never meet your heroes. Yeah. I think that is terrible advice. advice. Sure, yeah. It's terrible advice. I remember when, well... I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of sympathetic toward it. You know, back when 24 was a big thing, Jack Bauer, oh, sure, Jack yeah. Bauer could save the world like in his sleep. Right. Well, in 24 hours, yeah. but, oh man, I loved watching that show. And then I remember hearing about Kiefer Sutherland, you know, getting his, getting beat up and getting his wallet stolen in New York or something. <laughs> and I was like, what? Hey, you can't do that. He's Jack Bauer. Yeah, right. So I didn't meet him. But uh, I met him in real life in the news and thought that he's not really Jack Bauer. Right. So it's meet your heroes. It, it would be really good to meet them because what you're going to find out is uh, your heroes have clay feet. Um, they, 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 they have problems. They have weaknesses. They yeah. don't have it all together the way they look like they do in their edited videos. Right. Yeah. Uh, or on Instagram or something like that. Or their, their empire parachurch ministry makes them look sure. so awesome. Right. They're just people. They're just people. And yeah. they're going to have quirks and isms and things like that, just like everyone else does. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons why I like having guest speakers uh, come to the church, even famous ones, because people hang out with them and we appreciate their good things. And then we see the quirks and weird things and think, you know what? I guess I'll be thankful for their strengths, um, but they don't have it all together. You're less likely to be cultic in your following if you actually have spent time around the people that you so highly esteem, maybe as leaders that could kind of occupy cultic kind of status is what we're getting at. If you can't spend time with famous people, uh, then maybe you could read biographies of famous people. Oh, sure, yeah. We we don't mean the biographies that make them sound like 
their feet never smelled bad. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> or they never had bad breath. That's yeah. called hagiography. <laughs> but it's good to learn that people had their 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 issues and their problems. Right. Um, you're way less likely to support someone blindly. Uh, and to be cultic as an evangelical if you know something about the person's personal life. Yes, very much so. Mike, we need to wrap up this episode because I need to get back to drinking my lime cucumbers Gatorade Zero because I'm <laughs> hankering for some. Another first some. time we said, what did we say today? Uh, first time on the Pactum? We said hankering, hankering and naughty. Naughty. Let's, I think we, should, we need to ban those from the Pactum verse <laughs> uh, right there with journey, perhaps. Right. Yeah. But I think we need to wrap things up and... Uh, well, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on the web, all the regular places. All you really have to do is Google the Pactum. The Pactum. And you can find and us there. Find us. We would love to have you give us five stars and give us positive reviews because it helps other people find us. Probably the best thing to do is recommend us to a friend. Yep. Uh, we're thankful for your recommendations. Uh, we like getting the truth out there. So thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life and thinking and theology and all of those other kinds of, of good yes. things. <laughs> With all of that said, we need to wrap up. We will see you next time here on The Pactum. <laughs>